You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, guys. Trent Fleskins here from The Perth Property Show. Time for an update on our regional markets. There are some that are much sexier than others to talk about right now. The only person that I want to talk on this topic, Brendan Ptolemy. Thanks for coming back in, mate. Trent, thanks for having me. Regions, let's do it. The best stories, I think we start south and we'll end up with the best stories at the top. Yep. So if we go down south, activity down in the southwest has, has been subdued over winter. They had a really good run back end of last year, almost anti-cyclical in terms of purchase activity through that market. So a bit of lifestyle stuff or a lot of lifestyle stuff. You know, We, we know the southwest is all, all about lifestyle. And what we saw over all of last calendar year and finishing off at the end of the, the calendar year really was people essentially selling up out of Perth. A lot of FIFO type profile people going, right, I don't need to be in a Perth suburb. I can, when I come back from, from up north and working hard, uh, I, I can have my family in the southwest and recreate down there in between uh, my, my shifts. So we saw a real push from sell up in Perth. Uh, probably was always their long-term plan if you if you kind of sit back from it a little bit and think about why you'd be going to do that that fly and fly out lifestyle. Yep. So a, a real push in terms of cleaning out that market as people down south or people in, in Perth Metro, sorry, began to see down south as the right time to buy. So it's almost the same upgrader story as we talk about in Perth Metro, but they were upgrading lifestyle and probably looking for bargains down south. Are you talking Bunbury as well when you talk about Southwest? Yeah. Or is that its own market? Yeah, it's really its own market. So kind of Dunsborough, Bustleton, Margaret River. Okay. A little bit of Bunbury, you know, a little bit of Australind. There's yeah. certainly that going on in terms of, uh, the, and Eaton obviously next door. Certainly people looking for that newer housing product were going into those areas, but traditional Old style Bunbury, not so much. Yeah. Okay. I remember when we spoke about Bunbury and the Southwest last year specifically, uh, you also said that there are quite a few people that were in the premium market getting a cheap deal as well. Yep. A year ago, you guys had on your property clock the Southwest as a rising market, like yep. eight. 8 p.m. on yeah, the yeah. clock and then you swung it back down to 6 again. Yeah, yeah. What happened? Yeah, well, essentially we saw some of those transactions. So in any market cycle, you, you get to see people come in and clear out the stock that's there and you think, well, hang on, they've just taken all of that cheap stuff yeah. and now we're seeing just, uh, prices rise because there's no, no real supply left and we... Uh, essentially started to think that 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 was the recovery. And we all wanted everything to be a recovery last year, didn't we? Absolutely. And yep. and really, again, as a, as in Perth market over the last few years, it, it proved to be a bit of a false dawn. Yep. Uh, and really what we saw is, uh, and we've seen this in the western suburbs of Perth, we've seen it in, in other pockets around Perth, around the river, where properties come to the market, they get cleaned out, and then they uh, essentially you think, wow, prices are going up, here we go. And then the activity stops because yeah. all the people that You're wanted to buy the demand kind of yeah, this, yeah. Going, yeah demand meets supply that was it value jumps a little bit we think we're on the way and then supply dries up demand goes away and we go oh hang on that was a bit of a false dawn and we move on so that we saw a little bit of that it was definitely saw that in that southwest market so not as much activity down there at the moment there is still a, a fair bit of cleaning out going on in terms of the the, the supply as in the sellers that saw that market rising a little bit and, and, and thought oh here we go. I'm going to get back what I thought I might get for this property. But they, they essentially, when they bring it to the market, they find that that demand isn't as strong as and, and as deep as it, they hoped for it to be. There's been some stats coming out that the Bunbury rental market has actually been increasing quicker than the Perth market in terms of prices. 
and vacancy tightening. Are we seeing some effect now of people starting to move down there for work in that broader lithium space and all these projects that they're putting in place around that greater Bunbury area? Or yeah. Or is there just been a, a lack of supply from new builds as yeah, well? Yeah, I think or it's both, both those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, real lack of supply in that marketplace in terms of new builds. All those the first home buyers that would have come through to try and buy up or build uh, would have had some finance problems, I would have thought. And so they've gone into the rental market. Then you overlay that with people uh, taking that lifestyle option that we thought about a minute ago and maybe renting instead of buying. Then add in that traditional economic activity which is fantastic for the yep. region. Uh, Greenbushes, uh, the lithium mine out there is, I'm pretty right in saying, I think, doubling in size. Yep. It's obviously all, already a very established It doesn't uh, have to be like a FIFO because Bunbury is only an hour away. Yep. It's Bunbury that sees the real benefits from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, and being that town centre, all of that activity comes out of there, obviously, if, mm. if businesses start locating down Commercial there. Commercial spaces, yep. warehouses. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's great. Yeah, it is fantastic. It's really good to say, yeah. Is Kalgoorlie still a bit knackered? <laughs> Technical term. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, it's still a fair bit of MIP activity that we see in there as, as valuers. Still a lot to wash out in that market. Few socioeconomic issues, mm. but it, it hasn't gone anywhere in terms of recovery. Again, it's not dissimilar to Perth in terms of some pockets are still drifting backwards and other pockets are okay without being great. Really interesting is the gold price going absolutely nuts because of world security thoughts and fears uh, and Trump having an argument with China over trade and all those kinds of things. Traditionally, the Kalgoorlie property market has followed the gold cycle a little bit. Diggers and dealers have been on just recently. So there'll be a few sore heads around up in Kalgoorlie. But um, we're just waiting to see whether there's any decent uh, change to the economic fundamentals there to, to drive prices. At the end of the day, when the gold price goes up, the first thing that happens is the mining companies make more money, right? So that's fantastic for the shareholders. But that doesn't then just directly mean that Kalgoorlie's prices go up in houses. The reason Kalgoorlie's prices would go up in houses is because the gold price has gone up. The mining companies then invest in having more people or increasing their throughput or expanding their mines. And therefore, because they need more people, that's when the property market in Kalgoorlie would go up. That just hasn't happened yet. We haven't yep. seen this long enough increase in gold price to a point where these companies are actually putting their money where their mouth's in, starting to reinvest that profit they're starting to make into increasing their projects. And what is a very old industry in yeah, yeah. Kalgoorlie. Yeah, and the other thing probably to note there, Trent, is that the activity, that economic activity in Kalgoorlie has actually saved the market from going down further. So mm. we had the, the nickel change in terms of BHP or, or South 32 um, reinvesting in mines out there, people coming back to old projects and saying, hey, these are more viable than they were in the past. Uh, and then the same with the gold reinvestment, people saying, well, hang on, if the price is going to stay up here and we better start we reinvesting. Well, we might as well stick around. Yeah, exactly. So that, that stopped it from going down further. So we'd better have a look at that as the positive. And then obviously we, we kind of sit back and wait for the uh, the return Pro- to kick in projects, in projects, projects, projects. <laughs> yeah, All yeah. we're waiting for is, is projects. Yep. So many of them are in that pre-fees and FID stage. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them have passed FID now and they're planning for 2021. Uh, we're going to move up north a bit more. Yep. Now, when we're talking 2021, this is where a lot of my comf- confidence comes from. South Flank, Kudairi, Elowani, West Angeles upgrades, Pluto Train 2. That's Billions and billions and billions of dollars yep. of projects. A lot of that is people. Yep. Uh, and where you get these people from, well, it either comes from two places. It comes from paying people in Perth who have dropped their wages by 
more money to go back up north again. Yep. Or getting more people from Europe, essentially, or yep. from the East Coast yep. to come to Perth. Let's, uh, let's not forget the Kiwis. And the Kiwis, yep, for the <laughs> eastern east coast, the far east, yep. to come through again. All yep. those people need somewhere to live in Perth on their time off. Yep. Uh, and that's what happened in the last swing. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing to think about here is that wave of people that relocate. So I've been on the plane um, this week to Melbourne and the week before to Sydney, uh, both times going back and forward, seeing the, the FIFO guys flying back to go to work. Mm. So uh, just so happened two guys sitting behind me on the, the way back from Melbourne this week coming in from Tasmania. Wow. So, and you, you start listening to these guys have a chat and ask them a couple of questions and they're relatively new in some of these roles and they're trying FIFO potentially for the first time. So that travel gets to you yeah, after uh, a period yeah, of time. Six months. Yeah. You get there and you enjoy the money and the job and the camaraderie and you know the project's going for a fair while. You start going, well, why am I flying home to Tassie? I'll go and rent in Perth mm. on, on my t- day off or I'll move the family over to Perth so that they're closer and I get to spend more time with them. So just those near Perth regional town centres, uh, we are doing a lot of mortgage and possession type work. So you go to towns like York, Northam, 2J, and then further on from those, there, there's some real pain points out there, unfortunately, for, for owners and buyers. Obviously, What's the reason? What's why? Are we, why are people leaving that area? I yeah, it, it's more about just that local activ- uh, economic activity and a little bit of socio-economic issues through a few of those towns, and essentially you find those bottom end properties have become really cheap. So. Mm. Not super advocating for people to run out and buy those, but I'm just saying that uh, there is some some pain out there in those marketplace. There is some some opportunity for people, and we're talking some really cheap housing out through the, those country town areas. In our settlement business uh, last week, we had an inquiry, and we got a a uh, new client on the buying side. He's buying a property in Nikithara for seventeen thousand dollars. Yes, yeah, yeah, and we're doing MIPs consistently around answers that are thirty to fifty thousand dollars in, and, and admittedly they're in kind of wheat belt country towns and those kinds of things yeah Mm. uh then we we work over to Geraldton. you know obviously a a big town center still waiting for a economic boost uh unlike bunbury it's kind of sitting there waiting for things to happen obviously port projects and that kind of thing that didn't come and uh come off in the past magnetite iron or didn't really give the town the boost that that it really wanted to uh so it's staying consistent with its usual economic fundamentals and then we get back to uh, price correction so a yeah. lot of cheap housing through there at the moment at the well, middle why, to lower end of the market people live in Geraldton Brennan most towns we can probably name a theme I'm still trying to figure out unless they were setting themselves up for that Midwest magnetite or for the port project or they guess general locals for the lifestyle and whatnot what fundamental reason there would be for people to move to Geraldton and increase the demand on that market it's, it's a tough one for me yeah so that, that you get back to that fundamental local economic factor what's going to what industry is going to attract them and and there's no, it's a bit of a vacant space really to, yeah. for headlines yeah. and, and so then you go back to the fundamentals are locals that have lived there for a long period of time uh, the attraction would be small ones so I look at people that I know that have moved there in the past. They moved there to help set up businesses, uh, you know, become the local value, become the local real estate agent or the property manager. But that all comes from a groundswell of a foundational tenant, if you might say. You know, yep. if you if I could say that in the suburb, yeah, the Woolworths of town, and and there isn't really anything that I'm seeing that's bringing 
all these yeah. side businesses in. Yeah, and hence why it's really struggling from a property point of view and, and does need a local economic boost to get prices moving and obviously immigration into the town to, to drive some demand and, and take up that supply. Yeah. All right, is Newman next? Uh, yeah, we can talk about Newman. Yeah. Um, yeah, really interesting town. The projects happening on the edge of Newman are just mind-blowing. Mm. Uh, the numbers of people flying into the mine site airstrips around Newman are absolutely off the Richter. Mm. I'd love to be able to break down those numbers, but I, I'm not sure anyone but the airlines would be able to tell us that. Airlines are doing all right. Yeah, the airlines yeah. are doing very well. Hopefully the uh, the FIFO guys are keeping their frequent flyers up. Uh, yep. Actual investment there and the numbers of people that have gone to work in that region are huge, but it's a classic FIFO town in that not a lot of those guys go into town. So the average person contracting directly to one of the mining companies is probably not going to leave the camp on their swing through there. Yeah, they're not going into the local subway on the way through. No, no. What you do find is the businesses or the firms that contract to the mining companies, they're the ones that might uh, have a shift where they have a day off each week uh, while they're there for their four-week swing. And so they're the people that go and spend some money in Newman um, and and get the economic activity of the town going. Uh, And... They're also the other factor there would be the people that are the smaller businesses that are contracting to those big mining firms. They're the guys that then start going, okay, I'm going to be in Newman for two, three, four years on the outskirts of town. I need a base here. So I need I, to house my I staff. I need a house. I need my staff to be here. Uh, I'm big enough that I need a shed yep. uh, or, or a storage yard. And that starts boosting that economic acti- activity. There's a $200,000 purchase is not that much for a company that's subcontracting to BHP, especially if that means that they can attract and keep safe yep. and retain their staff in that essentially you know, nearly zero-cost environment yeah. Yeah. for the staff. And thankfully, since the last boom, Newman has had some changes. So they've, they've got the new shopping centre in town. I think the Dome's probably... I'd love to know those trading <laughs> figures. They're probably one of the most the busiest domes in WA, and well, it is a great respite. Yeah. In, the liquor in t- store is the most uh, valuable <laughs> liquor store in the country. Yeah. Interestingly, you know, if those mining services providers have been... Those businesses have been through the previous cycle they would know that as the market goes up and it gets busier, you can really get stuck for accommodation. So they'd yeah. be probably smart enough to go in and buy stuff. We've definitely seen the bottom. Uh, I think we've spoken in, in the past about a MIP job that I recall doing there that I, I think like transacted for about $50,000 yeah. with a really old house on it, but yeah. you know it's quite livable. And there's still some of that washing out of the market, but those types of properties have... have if there's anything on. much less than $100,000 in town now, I'd, I'd you be seen very it. surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing that Newman's a, a nice canary in the coal mine and it reflects in many ways and with a little bit of a lag what's going on in Karratha yep. as well. And I guess because it's that smaller town, it has much stronger swings that's all. Yeah, and there's still plenty of supply. We shouldn't forget that. There's boarded up houses around and those kinds of things with, with uh, different A lot of them are BHP-owned houses, though. Yeah, so... They, it, I don't see them as being really part of the market. Yep. Yeah, and there's a few government houses in that as well, yeah. uh, a few company-owned houses where they just said, look, the market's down. We don't need those at the yeah. moment. We'll board them up and hold that supply until we need it. Yep. Uh, the big issue for Newman will come that there hasn't been a lot of new housing supply constructed in there. Admittedly, there's mining camps going in around there to, to supply more accommodation. But 
uh, it's you, not the mining camps we're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah, the, exactly. it's the accommodation for the subcontracting companies yep. that will flood in that because they need to be there to yep. offer the services for all these projects starting in 2021. Yeah. The ones that I see when I've been on the ground there, I've seen this in Tom Price as well, is uh, that contract... So that there's talk of uh, infrastructure construction up there. So these are different types of contracts where you're not on a mine site and you're not provided with accommodation. You're going out there to build the highways that are going to be uh, yep. extended and, and new ones constructed. Those guys have got to stay in a town somewhere each yeah. night. And if they're going to be building a highway for two years from Tom Price through to Caratha, then they're probably going to base themselves there locally and go and buy a house. So, yeah, yeah they're, they're, and you have your family there, that kind of stuff. So, they're the things that are the drivers for uh, some of the demand. The issue is that is there the supply or the supply going to be there for those people to buy or rent those houses? Uh, for me, it's a game of timing in Newman. I think mm. it's one of those ones where if you can pick the time, I mean, I think it's any time from six months ago really where you're de-risked in that area yep. until the point where that risk comes in again which is the back end of these projects which I think sort of seems like it's 2024 sort of yep. time if you can get in and out in that time frame you've got a nifty little uh, speculative investment there yeah yeah. and let's just remember that the people have already got in have already done really well out of it yeah. uh, we talked in the past about uh, some of those cheap buys with a quick renovation and, yeah. and a flick on to then regenerate again yeah Port Hedland. Yeah, Port Hedland's really interesting at the moment. Uh, some really good activity happening in Port Hedland for pro- uh, families-type properties in good locations. Point Cook's going nuts, my valuers tell me. So just that demand coming through there as as the market returns, the economic activity returns of, of uh, the whole town. So locals, investors, people coming into town with new businesses, uh, some pretty decent activity happening there. Values have definitively bottomed out increased uh, and we're, we're confident that they'll continue to increase from here uh, so we are in that cycle where you miss the start you've you missed the bottom yeah. but how much longer do you wait to get in before uh, you it wait really for the prices to, to keep going on. up yeah, yeah yeah okay uh, I think yeah I think it's a more conservative um, approach with headland yep. that is probably a little less going on than Caratha. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's not uh, let's be really clear that we're not getting too carried away with Headland. It's, it's come off its lowest base in a long period of time. The economic activity is there and the, the purchase activity is there, but it potentially is also a washout, as we talked about in the southwest. So yeah. people coming through going, hang on, there's something I can buy. A lot of locals. It's good property. I'm going to buy that now. That supply might dry up and then the demand actually might drift away. Yeah. Now, one town, and this is why I wanted to leave it till last, that I th- was at in three weeks ago. Yeah. I've spoken to a lot of people on the ground, professionals, locals, local businesses. One place that is, I've no doubt, on the way up in a strong way is yep. Karatha. It, it is amazing. Uh, we've sat here six months ago, one year ago, yeah. talked about it going up, uh, and it's just accelerating at pace all the time. Our valuer that's based in Karatha is super busy. We're having to actually fly in other people to help her out. This is real stuff that when we can look at a case study in an isolated market like Karatha, demonstrate that these things are happening and this is the financial outcome on the properties. That's a fantastic way to explain what will happen in Perth when those factors start affecting the market. Yeah. So number one, property bottomed out and what we've talked about in the past and what we saw there in the marketplace and it was really great to watch was the locals come through and go, right, I can see this property is 66% on average less than it was at the top of the market. I'm going to I'm going to get out of a rental uh, that I've been paying too much rent for because mm. uh, that's what I had to do to live here with my family. I'm going to buy that 
uh, older three by one with a great patio and a pool and a shed. They're all the things I want in this marketplace. They're investing in their lifestyle. They're actually investing in the town. Yep. These aren't and they, these aren't investors. They're owner occupied people yep. that are, are the foundation of this town, which is so important for the foundation of a property market because they're not the ones that are going to be in and out based on price. Yeah. No, they were buy, buying based on and this was a surprising thing or the lesson for our, our us in the cycle is that they went and bought the older stock on the bigger blocks of land because they wanted a family lifestyle and mm. they needed somewhere to put the toys in the shed. Mm. They wanted the pool to, to live around and they wanted the big patio for shade as, as we know it's a, a hot place to live. They would take all of those things as priority over having four bedrooms, two bathrooms versus going, okay, I'm happy with a three by one. We'll fit into that because all the, the stuff outside is better and bigger. And it's 300 yep. and something thousand dollars where yeah, yeah. these people would have remembered it being a million dollars yeah, absolutely. five yeah. years ago. Yep. And then the next stage of that cycle, obviously the investors start sniffing around, the locals start saying, well, hang on, I just bought one for myself. I'm going to live in that one. Mm. This is cheap. Uh, I'll go down the buy- road and buy another one and rent it out. So we saw that the smart money, as you like to say, yeah. come into town and start buying them. That, that's been really interesting. And really, we're still on the back end of that. So the, It's um, not too late. It's not we too late. We haven't actually yep. seen the boom yet. We've just seen resurgence with foundational factors behind that. And you're right. When I was up there three weeks ago, we had a regional market update talking about Perth and Caratha. Yep. And we, we, we did that in March and we did that in uh, July. Yep. In March, most of the people were there interested in Perth. They want to know what's going on back with their investment properties back in Perth. Yep. The fan- fantastic thing that I noticed in, in July was they were all there to hear about Carafa. Yeah. Because yeah, they'd yeah. all noticed, oh, my mates just bought something. This is all going up. Rental vacancies are so tight. I've got spare cash. I'm going to buy not only my family home, which I did, which I did last year in Carafa. I now want to buy an investment property in Carafa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we're still seeing that activity now. And that, that's what's happening. The other thing happening from a valuation point of view and what makes us busy is that those people that bought in at those bottom end of the market prices have been smart enough to say, oh, hang on, I can probably refinance my home loan. I've got a, uh, a an increase in terms of equity mm. and I'm going to spend that money on either property improvements, which drives great local economic activity. You know, I the house I bought didn't have the patio or the shed or the pool. I, I've now got equity in my property and can afford to spend that. Yep. Obviously, liquidity in the marketplace has increased or availability of finance has increased. Yeah, banks are starting to play ball finally. Yep. The other factor that might be there is they go, oh, well, hang on, off on the incomes I'm on up here, I've already paid off that really cheap house I bought. Yeah. I'm going to buy another one. Uh, so yep. you get paid by the banks to do valuations up there. Yep. Are more banks paying you to do valuations up there than they were a year ago? Yeah. Uh, no. Well, let me just try and work through that question. So we've definitely got more valuation activity. It's up massively. And I don't know those numbers straight off the top of my head, but uh, we're run off our feet. The, the technical part of that answer is it's pretty much the same banks playing in the marketplace because huh. there's only a certain number of banks that want to play in that, that so space. So you really, I think the theme there is if you're going to come off of the back of this episode and have, episode and have a look, you still need finance. Yep. You need to be speaking to a seasoned broker, I would say, to yep. understand who these banks are yep. and how they're going to play ball with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're not talking to all of the big four even. So yeah. there's only two or three people that are probably going to play, play ball. Well, look, as there. long as yeah. one of them do, yeah. we get on with it. Yep. Uh, that, and that's the thing. I think at the end of the day, what we, what I've seen in Caratha is a lot of the small businesses starting to come back into town or resurgent. You know, one of the big civil contractors, he said to me over a drink a couple of weeks ago, Trent, three years ago, we weren't paying ourselves. For nine months, we didn't pay ourselves a dollar. Mm. Now, we can't find time for our families. We're that busy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the Civil Earthworks guy. It's a fantastic example of just a very functional job 
where they need local local content and local people yep. uh, and how that's changed so quickly. Yeah, the yeah. tire company is going through the roof. Chinese food is busy. All these little things, the Kmart's packed. Uh, people are coming into town for the lifestyle, yep. uh, for that for that live-in lifestyle as well, yeah. uh, not just the fire phone because I think Caratha is starting to hit a bit of a critical mass of services, amenities, you know, you've got your Kmart, you've got your Target, you've got your Retrovision, you've got your brand new medical center, yep. fantastic high school and junior schools, and then just amazing town vibe. And recreation And center. recreation yep. centers, yep. awesome sports facilities, you're right. Yep. It's not back in the day where it's just, I can't live there, it's FIFO. A lot of people are actually choosing now, whether they're working for Woodside or it's Rio or one of the um, services companies, to live there. Yep. And that's that amazing foundational owner-occupied purchase. Which well, it drives the economic fundamentals of the town. So you get locals living there, and that increases local activity. So they're, they're more interested in spending that extra dollar in their town, uh, and they improve the property market as well, uh, as in the housing stock goes from company-owned houses where, uh, or, or even investor-owned houses that lack a bit of maintenance to owner-occupied, cared-for properties. A bit of love. Yeah, that get a little bit of love, makes the place a nicer place to live, that's for sure. Awesome. Brennan, thanks a lot for this regional update today. I think it's it's cool to see that whilst we haven't seen much difference in the Perth update we had a little while ago, we've clearly seen some changes in the regional update. Yeah, it's exciting stuff, Trent. And, it, and to live through these cycles is really interesting uh, from a valuer point of view and two people that love property. Yeah. It's it's nice to actually see a recovery and be part of it. Challenge for Karatha next is how do they create more housing supply in there? Uh, and so we'll, Whoa, we'll just see what quick, happens just next. Just quickly, you're right. How did I forget this? <laughs> the, right, I need to make this very clear on this podcast, on this episode. When any asset is at a market price lower than the price of the replacement of that asset, it is undervalued. That's yep. economic theory, right? Yep. It costs about $800,000 to buy a piece of land and build a house in Karatha. Yep. The market value right now is mid-400s. Yep. What does that mean? It means that no new supply, no new houses will be built until the average price in that suburb or that, that region gets back to the replacement cost. That replacement cost is currently $800,000. Yep. And the only other option uh, for supply to come in would be uh, potentially one of the mining companies, Camps. a Woodside or a, a BHP or a Rio, to come and say, uh, we're going to build a whole lot of family houses. Cheaply, uh, yeah. And, or for nothing. <laughs> and we just, you know, that, that's not their to make core it more business. sustainable. It's um, not, their, not in their interest really to yeah. do so a lot. Of we know they've done say. that in the past, but it, certainly I haven't heard any discussion around that's how they would solve their problem into the future. Mm. It may get to that. But I, I think that... Uh, uh, anyone looking at investing up there, they are really good fundamentals to contemplate. Uh, the the fact that if you are trying to, or if people are trying to bring supply to that that marketplace in the future, it is going to cost a lot of money. A lot of money. The only caveat, if you are thinking of going out there to buy, actually go out there before you buy it. Don't buy a property like the Sprukers from Queensland are selling stuff that you've never been to. Spend the 400, 500 bucks and fly up there and look at the houses. Walk and drive the streets because it's a street by street basis. You can have a house worth $700,000 
three houses away from the worst house in the suburb. That's just how it is in Karratha. Yep. So make sure that if you are going to buy a property in Karratha, which we we both think is some great fundamentals, you actually go and see the area first. Yeah. I'm always bemused by this trend. Uh, I know people are really used to shopping online these days, mm. but uh, it's a little bit like buying off the plan. Uh, you're making one of the biggest investments that you're ever going to make in your life. Yeah. You don't buy cars unseen. You don't no. buy your principal place of residence unseen. Why would you go and buy an investment property without going to seeing and touching? Especially yeah. when that investment is less than $1,000 all in for accommodation flights. Take your missus, have a good weekend, check it out. You might even want to live there, right? Yep. If you're going to spend half a million dollars on something, invest a thousand bucks to figure out what it is you're actually buying. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!